Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. So, John, last time uh, we, we, we just we recorded and we got to this, uh, this point where we thought we were going to have a show that came out pretty much the day after we recorded it. And then things kind of blew up and the, weird, the, the world got weird, I guess. Wouldn't you say? I, I would. I would say. And, and then the thing that we recorded, uh, we weren't able to push it out for like an additional two weeks. Now, we didn't say anything that uh, would have been, Im- oh, oh, my God, I can't believe those guys said that about gun control. <laughs> a day or two after that thing because we yeah. recorded i believe we recorded the night of the vegas shooting that the, yeah, uh, yeah yeah jason aldean uh concert fucking crazy i don't need, i can't even get my head around it who, who yeah, can I, who can yeah yeah i guess it would have been that sunday yeah same same sunday and then we yeah and then everything that next week got weird and then the the hosting company that we use had a bunch of technical issues so the shooting released for a while and it was just it was a strange period but uh yeah so now we're we're, uh, we're a little closer to real time the uh week of october 15th 2017 sure and there's and and the idea will be that we will uh, push it out uh, on tuesday october 17th for this yeah. uh, being episode seven yeah exactly yeah Which, and so that's that's a problem i'd like to to hopefully we can make to the world that we're going to do tuesday shows and they're going to come out and you're trying something a little different on your end you're doing a, a another a, a pod not another podcast but another uh, another uh, video thing well, so I am. I'm live streaming right now, right? So okay. I'm live streaming to Periscope. Now I am not. Um, I'm not actually looking at comments. I suppose I could log on to Periscope, watch my own broadcast. You could probably watch my broadcast if I sent you the link, or if you just went on Periscope and found me. But I wonder there'd probably be a delay, and it would be distracting. I think yeah. it would be distracting. Yeah, uh, for yeah. me, even yeah, even comments coming into me, right? That. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of viewers on Periscope. I, I haven't used it much in a long time. But I just thought it would be interesting. Um, I mean, there are a few people that have watched me, gotten to know me on Periscope, the live streaming uh, app that is owned by Twitter. Uh, and I, they might ask questions. They might troll. They might say stupid things that would be way too distracting. And it's one-sided because you wouldn't be able to see them, so you're not part of that thing. And we, we're trying to – what are we trying to do? Like keep this to about an hour, hour and right. five minutes? It's, yep, exactly. Right around right. there. Right. So. And uh, to pull the curtain back, uh, Colin and I uh, – well, you, the few of you have who have listened um, are aware that we have not – may be aware that we have not met in real life. Colin lives in Iowa. I live in New Jersey. And um, and we don't really discuss ahead of time what we're going to talk about. We do not. No, that's true. And and it just yeah, it just flows. Or it seems to, or at least you know, as well as we can flow. <laughs> right. And and I would venture to I would go as far as saying if you've listened to the show, it's quite uh, obvious that we do not prepare. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> that that's true. Like last time, you were fighting with your cat. And uh, the, yeah. the cat, you, you, we, we did talk a little bit before you started. You've, you've uh, anesthetized the cat uh, for this evening's show. Uh, yes. So, uh, I mean, I, I, am, I am in my living room. I'm okay. in a corner, a, a, a corner of the living room at a desk. And uh, I have a spray bottle, uh, a water spray bottle here so if the cats do and there's really no surface area on my desk right now where the cat could make themselves comfortable but that will never stop a cat from trying to jump up and find a spot like that's my fucking desk what are you doing you know, <laughs> you know so yeah there, there was a point in my life where, where i would have i would have uh, i would have derided you a little bit i would have given you shit for being a cat uh, I, I won't say a cat guy or a cat dude but but owning cats but i, I have a chihuahua so i there's no there's no room in in my there's no latitude there if, if you own a chihuahua you you yeah anybody no, can make, yeah, feel make fun feel free to berate me uh on being <laughs> a cat owner i um it's. I'm going to tell you quite frankly, it sucks. I think I may have mentioned that I had six cats at once at one time, which was like the worst uh, four months of my life. Uh, my two cats and uh, a friend's cats, and yeah. uh, it was it was hell. It was it really was challenging. I mean, uh, I I don't like it. 
Uh, I have them now. It's been it had been really hot in the New York metro area, uh, unseasonably warm at the end of uh, September, beginning of October, uh, very humid, and uh, the cats um, they got fleas. They were outside and they got fleas. Yeah, and they brought them back in. And uh, so I'm having a little bit of a flea issue right now. The current cats, not the New York cats. These are not the, no, these these are my cats, my New Jersey cats, ASPCA adopted cats, gift from my ex-wife while we were still married at the end of our uh, union. And... uh, yeah, and you're, so. and you're still not 100% sure that that was just... Do you, do you think she was setting you up? She gave you the cats knowing full well this is not working out. I'm just going to... I'm going to give him these cats and and to hell with him. You know, you don't think it was there was any of that at all? Can I... Can no, I yeah, no, no. I, I think that... I, I truly believe that uh, I'm very difficult to shop for. The things that I want <laughs> and like are I get them on my own. You know, we had an Amazon Prime account. Things just showed up. It would be like, oh, look at that camera rig or that thing. She wouldn't know. Yeah, like she used but, to call a yeah. former boss of mine, but it's, <laughs> at, the, at that point, I don't know. She wouldn't have reached out to him, and he, we didn't work together anymore, so he wouldn't she, necessarily know. She could have got. She could have just got on your computer because that's a wide chasm. You know, you could have gone from. You said, hey, "When we all do this, I, I if I looked at my Amazon uh, list right now in my 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 cart list." It's got like 150 things in there. Yeah, you know, there's stuff I'm, you know, I know that I'm never going to buy, but I still put them in there. And, but there's no fucking cat. There's no chihuahua. <laughs> you no, know? you know, I, here, I'll, I, I don't know how honest I'm going to be about this. When I first <laughs> met my ex-wife okay. back in, probably about 19, 20 years ago, yeah, about 20 years ago, I'd say, okay. uh, she had cats. Now I had never owned cats. Um, my 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 aunt who lived I lived in a two family house growing up. My aunt and grandfather lived downstairs, and she had cats. So I was around cats, but my dad was not a big fan of cats, so we didn't have cats. Um, and so when I met my ex wife, uh, I remember the first time I was at her apartment, I was like uh, really affectionate with her cats, and I think at the time. Without even realizing it, in retrospect, I think I was being kind to her animals because I wanted to get laid. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think I don't know. Yeah, I I, sure. I don't yeah. maybe I I I figured if her cats like me, I don't know much about cats, but I've heard that they're like they know shit, and cat owners love their cats. And if uh oh, <laughs> one of my cats is coming, I haven't sprayed this guy right now. Hold on, watch, he's gonna knock some shit over. Hold on, hold on. Uh, and the oh, uh, Periscope oh people oh, will he, appreciate this not. more. Well, no, I, I well, yeah, they can see him. Come on, you gotta get yeah. out of here. Oh my god, get the Jeez. fuck out of here. It's kind of fun. Come on, you're not. And then I got water all over the apartment. Come on, get away from me. <laughs> Why do they hate water spray so much? Um, but anyway, I, I just I, so we had these two cats. Like so, we started dating. Um, I still I did like the cats. They were fine. I mean, sometimes they were annoying, but whatever. They, but they were old. They were like old when I when she and I started dating in '98. Uh, so we had the cats until until after our children were like four six years old but then they got so old they had to be put to sleep blah 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 and, right. and every now and again i would say we should get another cat year this is years ago sure and i never pushed hard for it and then she said no 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 and i thought i thought you like cats you're like a cat person you know like she's like and now that she had kids she wasn't really into it it was just i don't know it wasn't i didn't say anything but i think what may have happened and i don't know that i'd ever discuss this with her is that she, I don't know, it was one of her ways to sort of connect with me and reach out to me. Like, he wants cats. I was like, I didn't mention cats. And then this was coincide. This was coinciding with some serious issues and challenges in our marriage. And, do you, do you uh, wish now at this point you would have said, God, I love, I love Rolexes. I, I would, you know, <laughs> I really needed a Rolex my whole life. And if anybody really cared about me, Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> I I did I was I was gifted a Rolex once from my ex-wife. It belonged to her family, and uh, it was I think it was more like a Rolev. I don't think there was an X at the end. I, no, I think it was yeah. uh, a Frankenstein Rolex. Uh, really? I think there may have been genuine Rolex parts. Chinese. Yeah. I'm not saying it was Chinese. I think that it was um, blinged out. 
Yeah. And it weighed. Oh, and okay. I'm not sure. I don't know what happened to that watch. Um, I think maybe my ex-wife has it, and then maybe was going to give it to my son. I'm not. A, I'm not a Rolex guy, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Are, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something on par with cats, where I could have said, uh, "Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was I'm, not." I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm saying stuck, you know, the yeah, yeah, the cat thing. You know, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I but, know. I get it. I, I it, like. I wish uh, again, and it, I don't know. My my mom's like when I told my mom. My mom hates cats. She's allergic to cats. She doesn't want them. Doesn't like them. Um, I love my mom, but I don't really want her stopping by and visiting much. So, sort of, cats don't hurt. You know, in that in that department. You know, they can ward off certain friends and guests and family members. She's she's like, nah, let's let's stay away. Yeah. But she said, uh, yeah, rehome. She she wrote me a text like rehome after I wrote fleas. I was like, rehome. What do you mean? She's like, get rid of them. I mean, you know how hard it is to get rid of cats. It's really challenging. With, yeah, a cat with fleas especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> scratchy, hey. scratchy cat. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so that's that's what uh, what I'm what's, what what I've got going on here. I'm uh, I'm at. I'm all itchy. I've got. Uh, I've been scratching at my legs, and it's uh, it's disgusting in here. I've got that uh, diametrous earth or whatever it's called. I don't know. Diatomaceous. You got diatomaceous, you know, right? Yeah. yeah, we had a discussion about this. I asked my wife too about this because uh, we, she actually does put a little bit, uh, and I'm not sure exactly how she measures it, but we, uh, on our uh, the food of our dogs and cats, um, she puts a little bit of diatomaceous earth. Although we've gone, this is going to sound like some. Um, I don't know, whatever, uh, new agey sort of shit. If, uh, there's probably a better word for it than that. But we've gone with the dogs a little more towards a, um, we're feeding them more actual, uh, like real food. There's a name for this. Uh, I don't know what the hell they call it. But anyway, we're feeding them like meat, like just mm-hmm. actual meat and bones kind of thing. But So they don't eat a lot of, uh, of uh, standard dog food. But the standard dog food stuff, she's been putting the diatomaceous earth on for a while. And it's supposedly um, worms and... Uh, and the flea thing for for whatever reason it, it, the fleas stay away I don't know but we haven't had fleas and and, and and is it's safe for the animals as long as you don't put too much on as what I understand it's uh, yeah from from what I can tell yeah that's uh, uh, I guess it's okay and uh, so yeah it's yeah it works now. Uh, every now and again, I may mute my microphone. I, I want to know. I, I do want to know, though, if it's if it's more disconcerting to mute the microphone. I think you just muted, and I, I just kept talking. For you did keep talking. You <laughs> yeah, did. I, I mean, just, it did. I could hear you. I was yeah, listening okay, to you. Okay. But I muted my side, so the fan that's in the background cut off. Because as I was pouring water, I'm like, what's mis- what's more distracting? The water being poured, or cutting out the sound? I don't know. I don't know. I thought, oh hell, I lost him. So, but but I kept talking. So, all right. This week, I have been uh, kind of on a, a weird uh, quest uh, where I've been, I've been, I've been trying to how to figure out how to promote our podcast. And I know, like, if you get into the these these big, you know, the the, the well known national podcasts, not the stuff that's uh, NPR. They they they, they kind of do their own thing, and they do they do it. You know, they've got these great podcasts that are with great production values, and and a lot of those are really awesome. But um, the the uh, a lot of the comedians that do podcasts. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of circle jerking going on, you know, where um, somebody is on somebody else's podcast and somebody else is on you know they they, they 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 all go on each other's podcasts to kind of share audience a little bit whatever mm-hmm. overlap right. I think is going on. So I'm thinking uh, the idea of promoting a podcast uh, at a, at a lower level is uh, you know for the undiscovered of the world, which you know, would be you and I, uh, you know, if we could find maybe a network of people that are kind of at the same level and somehow um, figure out a way to share audience somehow, and I, I haven't exactly figured this out, but um, I thought, all right, I'm going to go out and try to discover uh, some podcasts that may be uh, on the same level, the starting off sort of people like we are. And so this week I listened to a bunch of, well, I listened to a half a dozen of uh, guys that I would probably put in the same uh, sort of category as us, and I'm I'm learning something. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts about comic books, um, a lot of podcasts about video games. I uh, heard a couple guys from out in New Jersey that I like listening to. They they were funny guys and they're comedians, and I think they've got a, a fairly good following. But um, their whole shtick is uh, really when it comes down to it is they're talking about comic books, they're talking about uh, video games, and uh, 
So uh, trying to find uh, an audience that overlaps uh, is, uh, I don't know, I don't know that it's there is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we're... we're uh, right. No, we, yeah. you and I, we are a unique brand of two fucking dudes. <laughs> it's just, we do our own, we march to the beat of our own drums, even on our own podcast. You're talking about one thing, I'm talking about the other thing, I'm muting. You don't know what the fuck's going on, I'm pouring water, spraying cats. But uh, maybe The Walking Dead, I like The Walking Dead. Do you like The Walking Dead? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you watch it. <laughs> I, here's my thing on The Walking Dead. Uh, I really hope Rick dies. And and every every time I say that to really? somebody, yeah, Rick yeah. drives me nuts. Rick does that little uh, he, that dog looking at the doorknob kind of sideways look uh-huh. thing where, where yeah. he does yeah he yeah. looks turns yeah. his head sideways. Fuck Rick. Like, yeah, he's like I, I'm, I'm gonna kill you. And he, and he and he does. He's he's British, so he does Ew. this weird. I can't even. I can't. Uh, I, I can't do his voice. But um, I think the show. Here's my two things about the show. I, I'm hoping um, that Rick, uh, at some point, they figure out is the original host of the virus. And I've had a bunch of people mm-hmm. tell me that that can't be because it starts with him in the hospital and yada yada yada. But they could write that in. If if we can do, if Better Call Saul can can exist, if they can turn a you know that into something mm-hmm. um, after after the fact, uh, then we can somehow have Rick be the original host. And then I just really want Rick to die, but I want Rick to die now. Um, well, yeah. So Rick, what's his name? Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Uh, um, I am shocked that that I remembered his name because usually on this podcast, Unbecoming of Age, two not so young guys, we start talking about something that we both know, don't know the actor's name, can't remember the fucking show name. The thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Andrew Lincoln and I share a birthday. Uh, I think he's a year younger than me. Okay. Uh, and do you know do you know who uh, who Andrew Lincoln's uh, father-in-law is? I wouldn't have any idea. Tell us, tell me. Um, Ian <laughs> Anderson of Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull. The that's f- his the prancing for. That's wait a second. I th- I may be confusing him with someone else. Wait, is it is it not the Jethro Tull guy? Because that was that uh, sounded cool. No, it is the Jethro Tull guy. Hold on one second. This sucks now. Now you I gotta look it up up. because I brought this up and I've been doing this where I'm like I start saying <laughs> basically, if you're listening to this podcast, I would suggest that whatever Colin or I say, fact check it. Fact check it. Check it. Yeah. However, weird, that works because yeah. yeah, it's basically going to be fake news, but news that most people shouldn't give a shit about and it will have no consequence on the uh, world. Yeah, Andrew. Lincoln. Yeah, I don't mind if uh, Rick dies. You know what? Fuck it. I I read. I am actually have it on good authority that uh, Rick, Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick on The Walking Dead, will die in whatever season this is uh, by episode two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, everybody that's read the comics, and uh, I've got a, a guy that I work with that it keeps telling me about all the uh, all the things that can't happen because he's read all the comics and and. Uh, you know, he's oh, one of these guys that's, he's, he's he, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, he's probably, I don't know, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's probably 50, and he's, he's you know, really into comics, which, I, I don't know what, how, how I missed that whole thing, the uh, being, being 50 and, and just uh, being obsessed with comics. I, I guess that was, uh, was a deal, but I, I yeah, somehow uh, I, I got through life without that, and I don't think I'm picking it up now <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the show. I really do. I don't. I'm not a comic book guy. Um, I, I I have very mixed feelings about the Rick character. And by the way, his name is Andrew James Clutterbuck. That's his real name, Andrew James Clutterbuck. Clutterbuck. And he's bo- born on uh, September 14th, 1973. And uh, he's better known by his stage name, Andrew Lincoln. And yes, Ian Anderson is his father-in-law. As long as he didn't get well. As long, yeah. Yep. So I, saw Jeth- I saw Jethro Tull uh, maybe 15 years ago, and it was it was way, way better show than I thought it would be. Yeah. I, I saw Jethro Tull probably about 20, I don't know, like 24 years ago, and I did not go. I saw them at the Syracuse War Memorial, and uh, I went with my then-girlfriend. It was similar to pretending to like cats. Um, I went with my then girlfriend, <laughs> pretending to like Jethro Tull. Did you bring um, your cat? You should have brought a cat. I did. To, to she loved Tull that, show. that college girlfriend. She loved uh, cats as well. Her last uh-huh. name is Favalo, and uh, their cat's name was Lola Favalo, like Lona Falana, Lola Falana. Oh, I can't even speak. I, fuck it. <laughs> Nobody knows who Lola Fal- 
Lana is anyway. I, um, I, I've heard the name, but I have no idea what the yeah. reference is. I, yeah, yeah she, I think she's, I don't even know. I think she's a, an actress or a singer from the 50s and 60s. I don't really okay. know. But, but anyway, yeah, I did see Jethro Tull, and uh, it, it was, it's odd to see um, a man prancing on stage in like a, a rock band, um, you know, prancing on stage uh, playing a flute. Yeah, and he and he wears the little. He's got the uh, I don't even know what those pants are called that just go past your your knee, and he's got the little uh, knickers, right? Yeah, he's got like the knickers, and he's got knickers. the uh, the gauzy shirt on, like the you know with the uh, with the lace thing on the on the top, you know, the, the cord, <laughs> quarter lace and the gauzy shirt, and he's yeah, dancing around, and uh, yeah, you know, it was it was like I said, it was better than I thought it would be. It was amusing, I, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I I I think I enjoyed it more than I expected. I would. I think she was going to go with someone else, and uh, that person backed out, or I said, yeah, I'll go, or maybe it's college. Maybe it was a guy friend of hers. I'm like, no, no, I'll go. No, don't go with that guy. Go with me. I love Jethro Tull. <laughs> Jethro Tull. Yeah, it's my favorite, my favorite stuff. And uh, it, we used to have, uh, in the in the Cedar Rapids here, They we there's a, a, an island in the middle of this, the Cedar River, and we used to have these concerts that were, that were uh, I don't know, I think... I think the city subsidized them or something because they were usually, a, a, you know, Jethro Tull not saying that's a big, big deal or anything like that, but they had these uh, bands that I don't think they uh, had the money necessarily to pay for because not a lot of people showed up. I remember that Jethro Tull thing. I was, I, you know, it was easy to just kind of walk up and, and uh, just stand, you know, fairly close to the stage. It was a, it was a you know, standing room kind of thing, uh, just an open air, you know, being, being out on the grass on this field sort of thing. I remember being really up close and and uh, uh you know it was it was, it was pretty good they, I, the same i think it was a weird show because um the show had um seven mary three i think was the first band seven uh, mary three um, yeah they had huh. uh, um what was the song uh um uh, they had a big song yeah they had one song uh, i am uh, but, but, but what the hell was that song uh I'm, no i am uncomfortable no what was it i don't know uh, i'll, I, I'll look at um yeah, yeah, uh, you're, you're uh, not uh, it up. here not, we are about here's that point where you said we can't figure out what we're no, uh, no cumbersome 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 right i know i had it fuck i'm so pissed that you got it before i did because i was like because there were there are a bunch of bands from that time they weren't all one hit wonders but like i, yeah. I guess we're talking like late 90s yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where you'd be like cumber because in my head i thought cumbersome and i thought that that was creed like i like when you were talking about seven mary three yeah there was something about that band i think the yeah i know something about that band about the drummer uh, or something that so it was seven mary three the spin doctors and and uh and those guys, which was Spin Doctors, you know. I, they were big. They were big yeah. when I was in college. Back in the early 90s, they were so big, and especially, I think they might be from upstate New York, and I went to Syracuse University. But yeah. uh, And a fun, fun, yeah, just fun. I like Spin Doctors. I mean, they they basically have one song that they just keep. <laughs> well, they had more than kryptonite. They had... Um, a few things. Little I Miss, think. Little Miss, Little Miss can't be yeah, wrong. Little Miss can't be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, what's that's kind of basically the same song though. They just kind of just the same. Doesn't it kind of basically have the same thing going on? And it's just you know they change. Yeah, the they they were like sort of a bit of a jam band in the early '90s. Like late, I don't know when they started. Where they played like colleges, a lot of hacky sack shit, a lot of. Yeah. I was gonna say you know smoking pot and right. everyone. I mean, I guess every band. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. We we just had a new venue in town here uh, that uh, has uh, opened up, and they they're just doing occasional shows. Uh, they they started uh, on uh, Friday the thirteenth. They had uh, Hollywood and Undead, which I thought was uh, a fitting way to sh- start the show. It's like a two thousand seat place, and uh, and I've heard those guys. They're okay, you know, for that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, they've got uh, three eleven. Uh, coming up, in I like three eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I used to. They, they cover the Cure, actually. Do they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. actually. Oh my God, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's just, going on there. I'm the most. There's, there's, I'm, I'm crouching in, in my seat, like, uh, kind of like a Gollum, right? So, kind of like, like uh, Ian yeah. Anderson, ready to. Yeah, jump, like Ian Anderson, in. ready to like play my flute and jump off and jump cast an attack. Me, flute thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, bit strange. Yeah, so, watch yeah. the. 
what the Periscope broadcast is quite ridiculous, actually. <laughs> I will have to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the 311 thing, I think I'm going to have to check out because that, that to me sounds, uh, I don't know, like it might be, might be kind of cool. Yeah. They, had, they, they had a big article in the paper here recently where, um, you know, they were being interviewed because of this thing that's coming up as a new, new, new venue, like I said, and they were talking about how they were one of the first bands that um, – Really, um, them and uh, God, who was uh, 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 jump around? Uh, Haspain. They they said that um, they were the first two bands that really um, embraced and made them their their brand uh, and cannabis. You know the same thing. You know it's like if you're if you're about cannabis, you're you're about us. Um, which I guess I didn't realize, but um, I, 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 yeah, I. I I guess that was a problem. Yeah, I didn't really know that 311 um, was... I don't even know why they're called 311. I'm sure I could look it up, but... Uh, it's a police code for something. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know they're... I, yeah, they're from Omaha, which I'm fairly close to Omaha. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I know they're probably oh. one of the bigger acts to come out of uh, of Omaha, maybe. Connor Oberst, if you're familiar with who... I know who uh, Connor Oberst, o- yeah, yeah. Uh, Oberst is, yeah. and I've heard some of his music. Yeah, so they, um, they those two and maybe the biggest, uh, probably recent or, or maybe acts of all time that have come out of Omaha. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think I think we're gonna maybe check that out just for the hell of it, see what it's all about. Yeah, so. they they cover they cover the Cure love song and uh, they covered it for uh, for a movie, a romantic comedy with uh, Adam Sandler and what's I believe and uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh. Uh, maybe Fifty First Dates. I'm not sure. I gotta tell you. I was, <laughs> you brought up Adam Sandler. I was, uh, okay, so he's got a new thing on, sh- um, on uh, Netflix. There's an, a Netflix-produced movie that he's in. Have you heard of this? Well, uh, I know that Adam Sandler's production company has a production deal with Netflix and a bunch of movies that they've already put out that I have not, se- I've not seen one of them. Okay, so the one just got released like yesterday, uh, uh, maybe the day before, and I cannot for the life of me remember the, the, the name of it, but um, he's, it's got Dustin Hoffman in it, a bunch of stars. It's, it's, uh, um, it's really good. I thought it, thought it was great, but i got to tell you, the, the movie starts off, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is John Craig. <laughs> He's driving around in in New York, and he's trying to get a park. He's driving around with his daughter, um, who's older than your daughter. But um, you know, uh, anyway, they're they're driving around. They're trying to have a discussion, and um, he's trying to find a parking space. And he's like, uh, he's like, what does that fucking sign say? What does that fucking sign say? Is that a spot? You know, they're and they're driving around trying to figure it out. And I was like, and my wife and I are watching it, and she's she's got this. You know, she thinks it's funny, and I'm like, I I, I told her I said I've heard this. In the last year, <laughs> this I've, is heard, real I've life. heard this. This is not. <laughs> yes. This is not made up. This is. It is funny, but it's a, someone's real problem. Yes, yes I like. Yeah. I, yeah, I told her. I, I, it's probably been at least you know a dozen times where I've heard this going on live with John Craig going, "Where the fuck can I park?" Yeah, so, yeah. it's challenging to have a car in New York City. And uh, so, is that the opening of the film? Yeah, yeah, the opening. These they're they're trying to trying to park the car, park the car. All so, right. Yeah. I mean, I, Dustin Hoffman is in it, huh? Yeah, it's gonna, it's uh, and there's a bunch bunch of people in it. I mean, beyond being a talented actor, I think Dustin Hoffman is very funny. Yeah, like there's a, and it's yeah, it's it's quite well done. It's the and it's uh, it's it's a very New York kind of film. You know, the the actors, huh. the, the 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 characters, the everything that's there. Um, I think you'll like it. And it's it's the name of the family, the whatever the hell the mm. the. the Meyer, it's M E Y. God, M E Y E R, and I can't remember how the whole name is pronounced, but it's something Jewish, Jewishish. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, check that out. I, I will. I will. By the way, one more thing about Three Eleven is that the guy, uh, I think the lead singer of the band, owned his own island down in the Florida Keys. Um, I think it went up for auction uh, uh, about uh, three or four years ago. I don't know. I don't know how big it was. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how many hits 311 has. No idea what it costs to buy an island in the Florida Keys. Uh, don't know if it still exists right now. Huh. Uh, because uh, I would imagine it could have potentially been wiped out. Uh, yeah, that past storm. I wouldn't think, you know, like you said, how many hits? How much mo- money did they make? Okay, so they had, I'm trying to think of the hits. They had uh, Amber is the color of her energy. Amber was one. I don't know if that's the biggest one. They had another one or two, maybe, that might have been hits. But I wouldn't think they would have made that much kind of money. But who knows? I don't know. What the hell? But I know they they were kind of they they toured a lot and like you said, the sort of a jam bandish sort of thing. I know they were. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, that now, surprises me that you could buy an island and be, and be in three. You can be in a band from Omaha called Three Eleven without a shit ton of hits and, and buy an buy an island. No, yeah, and that's and that's exactly that's exactly it. Is that you know yeah if if you asked a hundred people, can you name a Three Eleven song? I'm guessing if you just a random sample of people, right? Not people at a rock show, similar music, just on the street, right? Ranging in age, right. I'm guessing. That it would be a very small percentage of people could name a 311 song or even know who they are. Point being is that they still were signed to a record contract, had music, toured music festivals, the whole thing. And unless this guy came for money, um, he had enough money to buy an island. Yeah. You know? well, they also would have had the good fortune to. Uh they were right at the end of the point where uh, a rock band could have been signed by an album, you know, by by a, by a record company, and actually made money from the record company. Uh, you know, they, they were still at that point where CDs, albums, all that stuff. They were like at the very end of you know where Napster and all that stuff was was going to take over and spoil all that shit. So they right. may have done all right, yeah. Well, did you ever work in in the record industry or just in the radio uh, radio business? Just in the radio business, but you know, when I worked in the radio business, uh, the way it, you know a lot of people don't know this, but the way it worked is, uh, okay, so you had a, a, a each label had a um, a sales representative, basically what they called a record rep, uh, a person that worked out of a regional office like Chicago, St. Louis, Minneapolis, something like that. So they geographically they could they could get out into the field and they could visit the radio stations that were uh, set up in three tiers. There was a either you you weren't a reporter, you, you were small, too small to even count. Those those stations they didn't have anything. They didn't they didn't fuck with those people. They didn't have anything to do with them. But then there was uh, tier one, tier two, and tier three radio stations, and so they would go out and um, basically make sales calls, which was the sales call involved, you know, play my fucking record, uh, and they, you know, they might representative like Warner Brothers might have on a given week, they might have uh, half a dozen or two a dozen artists that they're representing, that um, they're trying to get you that week to play whatever the hell it is. That's that's a big deal. They also went out to retail. That same person that called on radio also dealt with retail, so they. They would, um, you know, there were big uh, local retailers, not not the big box people like the Best Buys or whatever, but there were big, uh, you know, a regional record selling, you know, just music stores, and they would also uh, call on those people. So their job was twofold: to get radio stations to play it, and two, to get to the retailer to put it to in a place prominent it, spot. To put it in a prominent yeah. spot for people to see it. So right. now, we, was that a time when there was payola, when they were oh, actually... Yeah like kicking back whatever they could to wine and yes. dine you whether it was yeah. cocaine well that's pretty old school but like whatever to no make sure no the that was actually played it that yeah absolutely existed they there was uh they you know uh typical thing was uh they would uh, try to give you uh Signed guitars, uh, trips to see concerts. Uh, not really. I never saw anybody uh, offer cash, but they would come to town all the time, take you to dinner. You know, the most expensive place you could find to go to dinner, drinks. Uh, you know, backstage concert shit. Uh, you know, you got a lot of a lot of the uh, you know tour jackets and uh, a lot of that kind of shit. You know, exposure to the artists that way, but um, not necessarily like you know I'm going to give you you know here's you know a thousand bucks or something like that did right. de did definitely see though uh, uh many times where where there was uh you know uh, yeah there was cocaine involved there was there was dr dr not so much e either weed or cocaine were the pre most prevalent things where you know that was involved uh a lot of times they would try to get you to do what they would call a show new artist showcase and so uh you know, it showcase would be like a trip to Los Angeles to go see somebody in Los Angeles. So as soon as you got to Los Angeles, uh, somebody met you at the airport um, or New York or maybe a smaller place. But anyway, those were the two you know, obvious typical locations but, uh, and more often Los Angeles. But you get there, uh, picked up at the airport, uh, you're going to be somewhere, you know, Hollywood Boulevard kind of thing, uh, wine, dine, taken all over helicopter rides to out to Catalina Islands all that kind of shit so yeah did you ever get a chance to go on these trips oh yeah yeah 
um, you know, whether it's called payola. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did I get payola? Well, well, no, yeah. no, no. But I mean, but we, so what? What was your role? What were you doing? I think we talked about it maybe the first time we did this, or maybe you and I have just talked about it. Like, what was? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, program director at a at a radio station at that point was there was, I, I okay, you could still control what was played on the air which uh, doesn't exist anymore that's been long gone you, uh, so a local uh, program director could uh, it was computerized at this point at the at the uh, when I was doing this but you know so we would generate playlists that the jocks the disc jockeys were supposed to play uh, now did they always do that in the order and the way you were you presented it to them you know they, they could look at it and and uh, know what they were supposed to do did they do that no um, did we give them the latitude sometimes to to change things up yes absolutely uh, but so you were um, deciding what was going to get played and then the other thing that that was different way different uh, that uh, is uh, a, a different thing that exists in the world now is the fact that you had Oh, probably. Well, you had somebody on the air full time, twenty four seven, including weekends. So you had uh, five f- full time people that were getting, uh, you know, paid a full time salary, and then you had maybe to cover the weekends. You might have another uh, half dozen or so people that covered the weekends, uh, various parts of of things, and so you were. My job at that point as program director was to uh, schedule and you know run run herd over uh, you know a dozen or fifteen employees and then uh, play the music, deal with the record reps. Um, it was it was something that. Uh, between all you know you'd go to concerts and shows and all the backstage stuff I was talking about and trips and and just the sh- promotion shit that the that the uh, even a, like in Lincoln Nebraska as an example even and in a market that size there was so much shit going on that I could be uh, super busy from eight o'clock in the morning or, or even earlier if I was doing a morning show which I did for a while um, you might be in it you know at four thirty five o'clock in the morning and be still out doing shit you know uh, late at night you know and so yeah it was it was uh incredible how, how much shit but but you know was it work <laughs> uh no not so much it was it was a lot of fun so you were doing that so obviously you your first job wasn't as program director they don't just i mean unless it was a really small market station right i mean what was like what was well, your they, first gig well, or how did you move your way up Oh, how did I move my way up? No, you start. Uh, my uh, my absolute first uh, radio job was I worked at a, in uh, at a junior college uh, here in Cedar Rapids, uh, which at that time uh, played uh, classical music and jazz uh, music, and uh, they, they're now switched over and they're just a jazz station. But anyway, um, I would. Um, babysit these giant reel-to-reel tapes that uh, would play for an hour and at the top of the hour every hour I would say live from Kirkwood Community College this is KCCK FM Cedar Rapids Iowa City and then nice. start the and then start the next tape, and that tape would play for an hour, and then it would get done, and I would I would do that once once an hour. That was the gig, uh, and then from there I went and I worked uh, at a um, little AM station. I did I was a weekend news director at a little AM uh, station, and I actually um, at that station we at that point we had a uh, a real news director that was all about um, us writing our own news and researching our own news and doing stories and doing interviews and so we would call people and do uh, interviews and tape them and uh, pull out little uh, snippets of those and and so you you know you read a story that had a little s- snippet from somebody speaking in it so that kind of stuff and uh, worked overnights at a rock and roll station and then just you know you you kind of work your way from doing part time to put yourself out there be super available and um it was uh exciting and wonderful and there was i loved everything about it the dumbest thing i ever did though was i was at uh, uh going to uh, school at the uh community college level for a couple of years and it started uh at the university of, university of iowa uh as a uh, junior and was uh, going to school as a junior at the university of iowa and was doing fine there and then i got offered a full-time radio job and i thought well fuck it <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm. This is what I want to be. So why would I? Finish? I am meant to be in radio. Yeah. So why would I finish college? And uh, so I went off to go go do the radio thing. Which you know, I I, I say that with, uh, yeah, you know, um, 
if I if I would have stayed in the radio thing longer, and nobody wins, I don't think if you stay in radio, it's it's a it's something. It's a rare. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a few people hit the lottery. Very few. A very very few people on on uh, you know. In front of the mic, behind the mic, hit the lottery. It, very few. So, you know, I, I wrote it for like uh, 13 years uh, and uh, took it as far as it, would, as it would go. And, you know, and even at a, you know, you get into a um, medium to semi-larger size city, you, you can make okay money, you know, relatively speaking. But um, there's, there's, there's an old adage, if you work in radio, there's two groups of people that will be fired. Or, no, there's two groups of people in radio. I blew this whole thing all together. Two groups of people. In radio those who have been fired and those who will be fired and oh yes yeah. i mean I, I, you you know that at some point you're likely to be fired yes right yeah. i mean for any reason the radio station flips new owners management ratings yeah. any kind of thing can happen absolutely you have a uh a typically at that point like i was working for a station group that uh we our ownership was uh, a couple states away you would see them a couple times a year uh, for the most part everything was great if the ratings were up if they you know they would you would put together a contract where um if we reach certain ratings levels i'm going to get a bonus um based on that and uh i remember one year i just had looked at the ratings it just just had uh, it came out, and I was going to get a, a really nice uh, bump in salary because of the um, the stuff that we'd achieved, and everything was uh, seemingly rolling in well. And then they hired an, uh, the general manager that had, um, had that had hired me, um, moved off to Montana, and they hired this new guy. He came in, and the first thing he did was come in and fire me, yeah, because he, <laughs> he just wanted his I don't know who knows wanted his wanted his people. Yeah, he wanted his thing, and he, something he, whatever. He uh, I, I understand. You know, it's like and it, that. You know, you're butthurt for a while and you move on. But um, yeah. what was the longest what was the longest radio station gig you had at one particular place? I mean, even if you started out, you know, very low level and then you're the program director, whatever it is. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I spent like four years at one station, and and there's people that do that much longer, and you can stay in. But the longer you stay at at any one place, uh, and it's kind of like uh, being a cable TV subscriber. <laughs> they want you really bad when you get there, and then uh, the longer you stay, the worse they fuck you around. Uh, you know. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. some people, some people can stay there for a lifetime, and people barely even know what they do. But they got some weird closet office, and they just be like, hey, what's Jim? Jim's been, how long's Jim been here? Like mm-hmm. five years? Like forever, right? No, like twenty right. five years. Like what? You don't even know. You don't know what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. So he's indispens- indispensable, invaluable, and completely. Uh, you know, you can just like can him at any time, and it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Some every it seems that in that business there are a few people that can hang on, whether it's an engineer or whatever. I don't know. It's uh, I've, you know, I don't understand that industry. I really don't. Well. I, you know when um, it, it switched around. You know, at the point I was talking about the Napster thing and all of that. And that certainly, I think, uh, changed the the whole music business around in a big way. But at that same point, uh, the uh, FCC uh, deregulated how radio stations. At that point, um, when all of that was going on, when when Napster and everything was there. Uh, a particular owner could only own a certain number of radio stations in the United States, and, and within a market, right. within a market, they could only own one. And so uh, that all got deregulated, and then you had these uh, bigger groups that came in, uh, groups like uh, Clear Channel, which became iHeartRadio, and then there was a company oh, called yeah, Clear, yeah, Cumulus yeah. Media, which owned a bunch of them. And uh, so you had these huge radio groups that um, came in and. Everything everything switched at that point. So but didn't didn't uh, didn't even those big, um, you know, like um, the corporations that owned uh, a bunch of radio stations when it got deregulated, didn't they still do it in a very traditional radio sort of way? Despite Napster and the world changing, didn't? It t- I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, in the radio world, it seems like they stick to like okay, you have. Keep it local. Do this. Do that. Like a lot of rules to what works. Yeah, seems that way. Sort of, but uh, yes and no. I, I think they they bump their nose a lot trying to figure out what exactly uh, you know in any market the public would put up with. Um, I heard a guy uh, from one of the uh, bigger groups uh, that was speaking about w- what they figured out, which was he said that if you look at 
radio, what they figured out was it's really the same thing as McDonald's. And what they, his, his analogy was, if you go from uh, market to market to market and you, know, you go to a McDonald's, you know that when you walk into the place, a quarter pounder is a quarter pounder. You know that you know, a Big Mac is a Big Mac. I don't know, do they have Big Macs anymore? Anyway, but the, the menu for the most part, you know, from, from city to city, whether you're West Coast, uh, Midwest, East Coast, whatever, it's all going to be the same. And what they figured out with radio was that it w- should kind of work the same way, that if you go and you listen to a classic rock station in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, it's going to have these number of songs played by these artists. And if I go to uh, you know somewhere out on the East Coast or, or the West Coast or whatever, it's pretty much going to be the same thing. You, you know, you, right. I need If I move from you know Iowa to New Jersey, I want to make sure that my classic rock station is still going to get the let out. Right. right. I want right. to know. Yeah, exactly. Which, uh, for those of you who don't know that reference, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't be listening. Uh, Led Zeppelin, one of the things that uh, I don't know, uh, it was like, th- th- there's a lot of like things where you're right, they're, they're the same. You, you, they play like a block of Led Zeppelin or what was the other one? Uh, what is it? The station that rocks. That was a big like all of those like classic rock stations. The station that rocks. Oh yeah, they had all these little and a bunch of things well, that were. Yeah, somebody. Would, yeah, somebody would come up with uh, whatever you know. Rocking is our business, and business is good. You know, they they came up with these <laughs> these little things that you know you go from one market to the other, and everybody's using the same thing. If 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 it was. Uh, if it was in the public domain, then it, it switched from one mark to the other really quickly. I got to say, though, um, when I was in, um, I, I talked about Lincoln as an example. There was a guy there that um, I worked with that was super passionate about music. He was uh, um, more so than I ever was or ever could hope to be. He, um, and he was our music director, a guy, a guy named John Terry. Still works in radio, I think, at Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, he uh, was the guy that... Uh, yeah, it was bizarre, but he he would listen. He would go home with a stack, and you would get uh, on a on a daily basis. You would probably get um, probably twenty CDs that were sent to the radio station from the different record companies, saying, "Give this a listen, see what you think." Sort of stuff. He would take all these home in his backpack, and he would go home at night, and he would he would listen to all of them, and he would just really dive into it, you know, and uh, would come in in the morning and and uh, have his uh, you know just sometimes you know the list of stuff you know this is great this is great and this sucks and this sucks whatever uh he came into me and he said um i have the song that i just heard on the cd it's not the he goes it's not the song that the, that they're pushing and so the, the way it worked there was an a and r guy that would they would listen to a and r artist research i think is what it stands for something like that uh, the same person that would go out and, and find bands in clubs and sign them Right. would work with the band and they would decide uh, the pecking order for the songs coming off the CD. It would be like, okay, this is the hit. This is the one we're going to do. We're going to release mm-hmm. this one first and this is going to be the one we're going to lead with and then we're going to go this one and this one. And so they had, with this uh, with this band, they had picked uh, two or three songs that uh, they were going to be, this were going to be the first release, this second release, and, and John came to me with a song that wasn't even a release. It wasn't even something they had on the radar as far as I can tell. So I called the record rep and I say, hey, John Terry just listened to this and he says, you guys you know you've got this song on here that's like fucking fantastic and uh we, you know, we'd like to play this we'd like to you know uh, add this to our rotation uh which was stuff that went into these different industry magazines your your playlist stuff and he's like the, the record rep his name is rock legrand <laughs> rock legrand real name rock legrand wow that's uh, yeah. fantastic uh, he had no choice but to work in the record yeah, industry. yeah no shit he had long real fucking curly hair and uh anyway yeah. he, he was uh so you know he's like yeah you can't fucking play that you know it's not you know you're you're out it's out of it's out of order you can't do that you're you're you, you know why couldn't you play the song well the way it worked is there was there was there was an order they had an idea there, there was an order it was like this well. is the song we're going to release and we're going to you know, we're going to do this and then everybody gets behind it and then we get to retail and we're telling them this is the song and part of the, I mean the ra- main reason was they would they would spend money on uh, on the the, the uh, art the artistic material that went into the record store. So if they wanted to have a big poster that said you know Motley Crue um, you know uh, Kickstart My Heart and they were going to do a big stand up thing that was at the end of the aisle that had Nikki Six and whatever and they spent all the money on that shit. Well, a that took a while to 
to get that put together and to get it all all out and so when all of the, that push was put towards all the paraphernalia and all the shit that um, all the point of purchase things that went out there to promote the record there were you know it took a while to do that there was there's a there's a means right. by which all that came together so by us this little radio station going we want to play this other song and uh, they're like no that's that's not the order you know so we we don't have our shit together we can't you can't do that Right, and, right. And, we're not prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. So I, so yeah. I, I, I remember the first conversation. Kind of let it go at that, and then um, John was like, "Can I play this?" And you know, I want to. He was. Uh, he also worked seven to midnight, and uh, he was like the night jock, John the Animal Terry. So anyway, he, um, he. Uh, so did you say John the Animal Terry? John the Animal Terry. Yeah, yeah. Was it, did he choose that nickname? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What, is it necessary to have a nickname if you're in radio? No, but just a but, thing. But why not? You know, he was from. He was yeah. also from. Uh, he was from Nebraska, and he always he always talked. He he had this like. Uh, he had a delivery style that was very East Coast. He he sounded like he was right. from the East Coast, which is an affectation that, you know, he he brought to the table just because that's what was going on. But yeah, it was John the Animal Terry. Um, right. So, 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 so yeah. anyway, he starts playing it that week at night. He wants to play it. He's got, he's got some one of those kind of, uh, I, you know, like at uh, 10 p.m. we're going to do the new artist release, blah, blah, blah. You know, those things we're going to play a song you've never heard mm-hmm. before. You know, listen at 10 o'clock. We're going to give you the chance to call in and, you know, one of those kind of things. And so uh, he's playing this and it lights up the fucking phones. The song goes nuts. Wow. goes batshit fucking crazy. Right. And sure. so, so it goes crazy. So I call the record rep the next week or he calls me or whatever and I'm talking to Rock Legrand. I'm going, Rock, this fucking song is killing it we're, it's like it's like our phones are blowing up this is it and i go if you don't get everybody else playing this you're you're, you're crazy you guys you should drop what you're doing with this other song because it sucks nobody's fucking listening to this other song nobody has any fucking idea but this thing is 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 gold and you should be right. fucking playing it and he's like uh, so he, he's pissed he's fucking mad he's like you know you, you doesn't want to hear it but and he calls back later and says all right fuck it go ahead add it and he goes if you add it you got to add it as a hot in the hot rotation so there's different ways where you put the, the shit together so hot rotation was a big deal so um then they could put in the industry trades they could put something like kfmq lincoln nebraska adds hot number one and so the, okay all right so i've been not naming the song but the song was more than words by extreme the ballad wow yes really yes. so that and you know what if you asked the same way you, you took a sample of people, can you name one 311 song? Most people would say no. If you could say, can you name one extreme song? I'd say of 100 people that are of our age, even a little bit younger, the only song they could name is More Than Words <laughs> that was, by Extreme, that was it. right? More I mean, than words. yeah, that was the only, yeah, that was Nino Betancourt. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. N- Just N- like, N- I want to say his name. Nuno. Nuno. Nuno, Nuno Betancourt. Okay. Yeah, Nuno Betancourt. Yeah. Yeah, little guy. Yeah, that guy's from New York. He's got to be. Yeah, little guy. Okay, little, yeah, be? little Italian guy. No, I don't know. If, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, wow. so more than words. So um, John the Animal Terry uh, breaks more than words uh, from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. He was the dude that, that thought that up. So okay, so that happens. Um, it's fairly close to the same time period. John has the same fucking epiphany. He comes to me, yeah, this other song. It's the it's the it's the bomb. It's like the the big shit thing, and. Uh, so the the second song he quote unquote discovers is um, a song called um, "To Just to Be with You" uh, by Mr. Big, um, which I don't know if you remember that song at all, but um, that went bonko too, and it was a what song, Mr. Big? Mr. Big, uh, "Just to Be with You." I, I remember Mr. Big. Yeah. I mean, they were like a, they were like a super group of sorts. Yeah. So to um, be with you, just okay. to be with you, uh, I think is the name of the song, and so he he discovered that one too, and, and then we were the first station that point to play that too so i mean there were there were cool things that happened and um but john even though those were ballads that was not his kind of thing he was a he was a metalhead he loved fucking metal he he um we were the only we're also the only radio station at that point i think in the united states maybe that we were playing uh in hot rotation um (laughs) uh slayer south of heaven uh was was a a big thing that Uh we played we played you know that rain and blood thing that whole thing was uh was uh, a big deal. The um, trying to think what else. Oh, we played suicidal tendencies when nobody else was playing that kind of stuff. So, and that was all him, not me. He was he was the guy that was just like you know, this is what. This is the shit. He was like having it. You know, it was like you having somebody that was young and you know, younger and more passionate and able to to uh, and a better ear than I had for trying to figure out shit like that. But so there was right. cool stories like that. It wasn't like it was. It wasn't like a, a little shit station in the middle of nowhere couldn't make a difference because you could. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you that what year? So that was like so that 90-ish, was ninety ish, ninety ish. That was back. That was that long ago yeah. in the early nineties. Yeah, when all that wow. was going on. Yeah, early. So 90s. did you? What were you do? Like, um, what were you doing in the late nineties? Like, uh, like ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. I'm talking like Limp Biscuit, sort of Limp Biscuit, <laughs> and uh, okay. what are some of the other bands? Like Corn. Like Corn is a band. I was a metalhead in high school, and then when Corn, Corn's about as hard as I can go. I think, yeah. and that's not even that hard, you know. Right. Um, just a, like Slipknot. I'm just like yeah. I don't even understand, and and that's a while ago, and there's much harder shit. So um, uh, yeah, um, by then I had just I, I uh, by the late nineties I had. Uh, I left the radio. I'd gotten that. Uh, <laughs> gotten fired one too many times, and had left radio. But uh, the uh, yeah, uh, the, I don't know if you saw this. You probably didn't. Uh, Buckethead. You know who Buckethead is the. I know who Buckethead is. Yeah. Bu- yeah. Buckethead. I just read last night had uh, atrial fibrillation, which is what I had. Uh, had uh, oh really? Yes, he's how how old's Bucket, Buckethead? They didn't give his. He's got to be my age. Like he's got to be in his mid forties. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and but they they didn't. The article didn't give his age. But apparently he uh, went in and had uh, a couple procedures done. Some of the stuff apparently that I've had done that that worked for me and it didn't for him so far. So oh, really? yeah, so he's still in the uh, AFib thing, okay. and he's got the Wonko crap going on with the uh, um, AFib is a uh, basically irregular heartbeat and uh, racing heart heartbeat that's issues that and what happens when that goes on is it sets you up big time for a stroke, which is something John Craig has had. I have had a stroke, but this is not a medical podcast, <laughs> and even though it's called Unbecoming of Age, the last thing I want as we get older is to only talk about shit, shit that's happened shit to that us, hurts. that killed us, shit that hurts, unless it's educational i have yeah. not figured out a way to talk about my stroke in a thoughtful educational way that might save someone's life buckethead is 48 by the way okay. he was born in 1969 i told my son that i that buckethead went to my high school he got really excited my son's a he's cameron is 15 yeah. he plays guitar uh and then i made a mistake it was not buckethead that went to my high school it's um ron thal okay bumblefoot bumblefoot different Bumblefoot, yeah, yeah. he—he's, uh, I think, played with uh, different incarnations of. Uh, which one is played with? Which one played with? Um, uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, Guns N' Roses. Bar- Buckethead, Buckethead, right? Yeah. Did, he played with the. Yeah, yeah. Did he play with like Stone Temple Pilots or some some version of that too at some point? Not sure, but uh, Ron Thal. Let's see. I don't know who he's played with. I mean, I think people that play guitar and are in that guitar world, uh, you know, know who the hell the guy he is. Yeah, knew knew who he is. Uh, it says he grew up in Brooklyn and then Staten Island in the Bay Ridge section, and then yeah, inspired by Kiss and a lot, Kiss a lot. Anyway, I I, I just don't know. But uh, Cameron was very disappointed that it wasn't Buckethead. Um, has anyone ever seen Buckethead's face? I'm sure someone has, but he wears a does. I you know I I, I have never I've never seen it. Uh, I'm not saying nobody has, but it, it's kind of like the Kiss thing where he's he's managed to keep it. Uh, keep it under the bucket as far as i know i was getting mixed up when you mentioned uh slipknot um slipknot's from iowa and uh i always think that that uh somehow he was in slipknot because you know the mask and the bucket and all that that he should have somehow been involved with that but you know it's in okay so uh, so it turns out so i'm not completely i feel sometimes you know when you remember things incorrectly and you make things up so it turns out that ron thal also 48, born in September of that year, so he is two years older than I am, and um, so I did go to high school with him, um, and he also played with Guns N' Roses from 2006 until 2014. He was one of two lead guitarists and performed on their sixth solo album, Chinese Democracy. So I guess he he toured with them, and then I don't know that they were recording albums until Chinese Democracy. So that must have been the... Uh, What's his name? Years the uh, Axl Rose years. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. So I'm not okay, but uh, it, their birthdays are different. They're born in the same year, so I don't think Ron Thal is Buckethead. Um, but I'd be, I would have been so excited if I found out that Ron Thal, that a guy I went to high school with, was Buckethead, because then I could tell my son. Turns out that the guy I went to high school with, and I don't even know, he is. It's like when I tell people that I went to junior high school with the Wu Tang Clan, and that ain't nothing to fuck with. But it'd be like, that's awesome. I'd be like, I'm not like in the Wu Tang Clan. Like I wasn't like down with the Wu. They weren't even the Wu Tang Clan at that point. But I went to school with three of those guys. Yeah. Did, um, now, did they have the same grade? Did they have like? A, do you know like the guys? from Wu-Tang Clan did they have like a high school band called something 
anyone else you know like no not to my knowledge i don't even know if they i don't even know if they drop rhymes you know what i'm saying so that's what i like to do when i talk about that yo i don't know what uh so drop they, a i was no joke for real though um there were three guys in my grade uh there was um cory woods Corey yeah. Woods, he is Raekwon the chef. Um, I remember, there's a cat, there's a fucking cat. I'm going to throw him off, but I'm going to need that water bottle soon because he's going to come back. But, uh, yeah, so Corey Woods, he's uh, Raekwon the chef. Uh, I think he was uh, in one of the remedial classes, but that doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. The other two guys, Jason Hunter, he had perfect attendance one year. I know that. May have been all three years. Uh, he's Inspector Deck. And then Clifford Smith. He's M-E-T-H-O-D man, Method Man. So they have a lot of other names, but they're comic book names, and I don't really know comic books, and I don't know. I think it's Johnny Blaze who might be. I don't know who anyone is. But they they were actually, they signed my yearbook, two of them. Yeah. Not the slow guy. Not the slow guy. But the other two guys that were in the honors class with me, because I was smart back then, but it's meaningless. And things are not going well, Colin. <laughs> I'm not in the Wu-Tang Clan. Wouldn't it have been awesome? It would have been awesome, though, if I could have been, if I was the only white guy in the Wu-Tang Clan. That would have been a, a, a great place to be, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're put, still, putting but, out, still putting out albums, too, I just read. Even, they are. They just, they just came out with it. They, they, just, they just dropped a new single. I don't know how things work anymore in the industry. I'm not really in the industry. But, um, yeah, the reason I asked about the 90s, it was, uh, I don't know, um, you know, we were talking about podcasts, other podcasts. I mean, maybe Mark Marin can give us a shout-out. But, no, uh, we, we talk about, um, um, we both listen to Mark Marin. Did you hear uh, Marilyn Manson's I interview? I did. You did? Yeah. Now, uh, okay, so anyway, so Marilyn Manson uh, must have a new record now. And uh, he was pretty fucking drunk and all over the place. But it got me thinking, I don't think it came up much about Columbine. No, I mean, they talked about it. He, you know, he, he, they talked yeah. about it, but he, yeah, but that, do you know that was 18 years ago? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's been a long time. He, he, 18 fucking years. I don't even know how many people were shot and killed, and this is really not something to bring up with only a few minutes left. Yeah. Um, but the reason I bring it up is that um, something uh, happened this week, or, uh, well, may have happened this week, or was going to happen, um, was there was a high school kid in my t in the town of Middletown, that's where my kids live, one town over from me, and uh, he doesn't go to my children's school, either of my children's schools, Um but my daughter was showing me some Snapchats, or she was watching some Snapchats on um, videos. And this guy was, this kid, was basically making threats. He had like 38 bullets or something. And he said something, like he was just like talking crazy talk about like Kingsburg boys. And Kingsburg is a very... A lower class community, and I don't want to knock the whole place, but uh, a lot of drug problems there and uh, not so great stuff. Uh, surrounded by some beautiful areas, it's right by the ocean and the beach. And he said some Keensburg boy stuff, and this, that, and the other thing. And then he had another one where he had like each the bullet. It was like, you know, that song Bad Boys, the song that's the theme song for cops. What you like, gonna bad do? Boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Yeah. What you gonna do when they come for you? He did something like that, and he messed it up. So anyway, it turns out. And then Kylie was telling me, I said, do you follow this kid on Snapchat? And she said, no, no, um, friends from dance are talking about it, and they're sharing it. And, and they said he got kicked out of high school for hitting another kid with a pipe. And I'm like, huh? or, or, but, but it, apparently he's still in high school. I'm like, if he, got, if he did that, he wouldn't be in a high school anymore. Well, I don't know what the happened. Apparently he did get arrested or went to a mental institution, or that's what I've heard. Um, I... I did take photos and videos of my daughter's screen, and I was going to call the local police. But I think the the schools were aware of it. There were enough children that were aware of it and a little bit nervous and or scared that he was making threats. I mean, and this is only a couple of weeks after the you know the Vegas shoot. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's it's surprising to me that anyone would make threats like that on social media because I I, I don't 
how do you not take it seriously? Oh, I, yeah, you have to. But you'd think if, if anybody did, either they're A, really fucking stupid, or B, wanting, they want to get wrong. caught. They want to get caught. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, and so now, I don't know, you know, I uh, volunteer and take a lot of photos and video. I do stuff for the school right, right. sometimes. Yeah. You know, some parent will ask me. And, and this year I'm taking uh, photo and video for my son's high school marching band team. So I was at the high school. And I had uh, this, like, I set up a 4K video camera on top of the bleacher press box, right? So you've got the press box, the high, each team's coaches, and then you're inside there. It's really tight in there. Then you got to climb up a ladder to go up there. So I rig my camera up there so I can get a high-angle shot of the entire band performing. It's kind of a windy night. I have my audio recorder, which is, uh, for those of you who know, a Zoom H4N, which is a four-track recorder. Nice. It has a... Uh, to uh, a left-right input, you know, yep. um, in the back for quarter inch or XLR, blah blah blah, and then at the th- and then in the front of it, it has these like, XY stereo microphones right. that you can set to 90 degrees or 120 degrees, right. like the scope of sound that it will record. So I set it to 120 degrees, I re- and I, I put the headphones on, and I, I just hear wind. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck! Now the band had just started. I'm like, ah, oh, shit! So I climb, I take the recorder, I, I have it on a little like uh, you know tabletop tripod. Uh, like a heavy-duty cast iron kind of thing, and I run down, the camera's recording, the video camera's recording, run down, run down the bottom of the bleachers. Now, I can't jump over the fence and get onto the track or the field because I don't have a press pass. People are going to be like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, nobody knows who I am except for the band instructor and the entire marching band. And no, people don't pay attention to the marching band. It's all about the football team and the cheerleaders, you know? Like, so, like, I placed the thing down, and um, why is my computer telling me you're having trouble connecting to the internet? <laughs> what, the, what? What is that? Oh, that's Alexa. Alexa, I was not talking to you. Sorry. Um, so anyway, so I run down, place the little audio recorder. I set it. Forget it. Now this woman makes eye contact with me. She sees me. I look over at her. I don't say anything to her. I place it. Like, this seems like a safe place. People are in front of it. People are walking past. It's just a platform. It's not on a seat. It's just... And I run back up the stairs, and I finish, you know, paying attention to the video, taking some photos from up there. Halftime show's over. I grab my stuff from the press box, come down. Same woman is sitting there. And she looks at me. She's like, people are asking what that was. We were really nervous, and all these little girls are nervous. Now, the thing looks like a taser. Okay? Yeah, yeah, they do. It's got a red light. I've, I've actually had issues traveling with it. I put it in my, you know, my case, and I carry it on with my camera and everything else, and I've had plenty of times that security, TSA, will pull me out and ask me what it is. So I take it out. I turn it on. It's an audio recorder, record, play it back, whatever. And it was interesting to me that the woman said to me, yeah, uh, she said, uh, yeah, we were really nervous. We were saying, you came, you placed it, and then you ran away. And then people were asking me, and I'm like, just, just leave it, though. Like, like she was almost like, it was like, it was almost that even though we didn't talk, it was like, hey, can you watch this for me? You have no idea what it is. It's, it's got a timer. Yeah. It's counting down. I, just watch this. I'll be, and then you never see me again. So, but the thing that was, I was so, like, relieved. And then she just kept saying, oh, I, and I explained. I take photos and video. I said, but good instincts. Don't trust me. I mean, I don't know that I would have wanted... It would have been a better story, I suppose, if the cops had actually questioned me. Like, they should have. You know what I mean? Like, I just placed this thing. Nobody knows who I am. But I don't know. You're, I can get away with a lot with a camera and even this weird piece of equipment. Like, I don't know what to do with it. It's dangerous. It might blow up. But don't touch it because he's... I don't know. It looked like he had purpose. And that, ladies and gentlemen is our show let's let mr big voice take us out thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed unbecoming of age bonus content at unbecomingofage.com subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcatcher find us on social media at unbecoming of age and sometimes when we touch